But uh, man, this is a great day today, man. And uh, it's a great day. My name is Casey. I think uh, if I, I've, I've seen some, some new faces again this week, man, praise God. It's good to see everybody here this morning. Again, we seem to have uh, pretty, pretty good, uh, good crowds and stuff like that. I was a little worried Judy got up this morning about five o'clock, so I'm a little, little concerned. Um, you know, with the snow and everybody, but uh, you know what? The cool people made it for sure, and you, uh, you, guys are, you guys are killer, man. I love it, love it. So what we have been going through, um, Ephesians, uh, we're, grand, we're in Ephesians 4 right now. Somebody grab me a water, just toss it up to school. See your arm. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I don't know what to do. Well, we have, uh, we've been going through Ephesians, and we're in Ephesians 4 right, right now. As a matter of fact, Chris Moex, my buddy Mo9, uh, went through uh, quite a bit of Ephesians 4. I'm going to touch a little bit on what he did last week, but let me review with you real quick what he did last week. He talked about, man, I knew we were kind of in trouble when there was a knife up here, and I was doing, oh, I was doing announcements last week. It was like a big old knife. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's about to happen, but I'm going downstairs to teach the children. Um, and so that was fun too, but uh, last week Chris talked about, uh, get, kind of gave us the history and the background of sacrifice, of those, of what it means and what Jesus' sacrifice in place of the, the, the Old Testament style sacrifice and that kind of thing. He talked quite a bit about that. He talked about us having one God, one spirit, one baptism, and essentially to be a unified body of believers. And he also touched on something called the apest, and we've, you'll hear in our church quite a bit about things you'll, you'll hear something called apes and we're going to kind of go through that a little bit we try not to have church specific only language that people go what are you talking about apes i'm not a pest what are you talking yeah you are um but we talk about you know those are the things so if you hear it hear us talking about that you'll kind of know a little bit about it but we'll do our very best not to have church specific only language um and i'm having a heck of a time with my water here hold on I think we're all, some of us are suffering from uh, different ailments and stuff like that. I got dry throat today, but what it says in, and where we're going to start off in Ephesians, Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11, and here's what it says, and after all that he talked about, it talked about being one body, one spirit, one baptism, he says this, Paul says this to the Ephesian church, he says, it was he who gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors or shepherds, depending on the translation you have, and teachers. And he did this, in the next verse he tells us why he did it. He says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That is to build up the body of Christ. And what we know is that some of us are gifted as, a, as an apostle. Some of us are gifted as prophets. Some of us are gifted in evangelism. Some of us are gifted as shepherds, pastors. Some of us are gifted as teachers. And if we're not careful, what it says is to we do all those things to equip the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. And if we're not careful, we can get so focused on our own thing and our own way of doing it and our own way of looking at things that we can tend to be, rather than building up, we can tend to divide. And you've seen the, the, the remnants in many cases of churches that have split over decisions like or, or, or viewpoints like these kinds of things have. And it's, and the whole idea is that we all have different talents and abilities and all have different giftings and all have different things that we can bring to the table and to build up the body of Christ. Amen? It's awesome. 
So what I did was this past week, I sent out to a lot of you, and I got quite a, quite a nice response. I got, I got over 30 people, that had, had, and it was kind of last minute, so I appreciate that. But they sent back some, some, some I, I sent like they, this whole test, this a five-fold survey test. We'll talk about that in a second. But it talks about the APEST and what the APEST is all about. And uh, it kind of is a test to see where we're gifted, where God has gifted us individually and collectively as a body. And I got some information I want to share with you here in just a second. But first, let me tell you, kind of we go through, we, we, we like uh, study guys like Alan Hirsch and Jim Putman and, and Michael Frost and Neil Cole, guys that, that are, are, are heavy into discipling. And this is some of their language and some of the, some of the definitions. And I want to make sure I clarify that. This isn't anything that you find in the scriptures or anything like that other than, you know, some, some dynamics, if you will. And you, you, if you read a lot, you'll, you know, a lot of the scriptures, you'll, you'll see these. But let me give you some of the definitions of each of these kind of, like, uh, characteristics, if you will, or the giftings. Apostles extend the gospel. They're, they're kind of sent ones. They ensure that... Faith is transmitted from one context to another and from one generation to the next. These are the people you'll see. We got to go take these people. We got to go take this city. We got to go take, we got to reach this, this people group type of thing, right? Uh, a lot of people think those evangelists, and there is some evangelism in that, but apostles are like, let's go, right? This is where, where the vision that God has given us, and they're leaders and great. We need them in our churches. Prophets know God's will, and they are particularly attuned to God and, and His truth. For today, they bring correction and challenge and the dominant assumptions we inherit from the culture. And many times these are the people that you want. I mean, you definitely want the, the prophets in prayer and praying for, for us as a, as a church and praying for other people. These are the folks that, that hear from God and many times will, will even drive people crazy. Like, I'm hearing from God and the whole culture saying this one thing. That, but God's saying this thing. We need to have those people in our, in our midst as well evangelists recruit these are great people that can get people gathered together and can can actually uh, uh, present the gospel in such a way that people go they respond you ever you ever hear somebody man i had like three people you know accept christ just last week it was amazing and the prophets were running along i didn't have anybody right shepherds have a great way of, of nurturing and protecting. They, they're caregivers of the community and they focus on the protection and spiritual maturity of God's flock. They're great at going and, 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 and as soon as somebody's like, like saved, the evangelists come by and they save them and, and that kind of thing. Or they, they present the gospel and they get saved by the evangelists. The shepherds are the great people that say, hey, come on, let's go. They're great at discipling, great at bringing people along, great at, te- great at teaching people what it means to obey the, the, what God has said. And then you have teachers who understand and explain, and people are great communicators of, of, the, of, the, of the truths of God, of the scriptures, and, and people can understand. It's like, you know, I never, you ever hear somebody just say something, you've been reading something in scripture, you don't understand it, all of a sudden somebody's able to communicate in a way, you're like, oh, never thought of it. Those are great teachers. And we have all those different giftings. We can also, that, that should be able to, to build us up, but they can really, truly, can be a, a source of division. Apostles can get so busy and focused and stuff like that about taking this. They, they think, oh, we don't need to pray. We don't need to, we don't need to disciple. We don't need to go get out more. We just got to go get these new people. We already got those people type of thing, right? Prophets can get so focused on, on hearing from God and making sure everybody's correct 
that they're not interested in, in hearing any more teaching. or you know, they, can be, they can be isolated in a lot of ways. Evangelists, if we're not careful, can go so far out to, to, to make sure all we care about right, is, is seeing people saved and seeing people go to heaven that we don't have any time to, to, you know, for, the, for the shepherds to come along and, and disciple people and, and spend time with people. Oh, we've got to go get more. Shepherds, if they're not care, careful, can, with the evangelists can go, oh, no, 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 wait, no, don't, don't go out and get any more apostles. Stop. Everybody be quit. Right? We've got to take care of the people that we got right some of you going hey you talking about me no 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 and teachers these are the most dangerous casey carter sorry this is one of the giftings that that, that god has laid on me is that, that this teacher and some of you may 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 say i don't think so pal um but this is one of the things that we have to be careful of. Teachers are the most dangerous. Teachers can sit up and, and, and explain the truth, of, uh, explain the, truth of, of the word and, and do it in such a way where people come and, you know, they're all crying and everything. And everybody's like, oh, gosh, this is great. I learned something new today. And teachers walk off the stage and say, done my job. Right? If we're immature in any of these areas, it's a danger. The only thing we need to understand is that it is about not just bringing our gifts to the body, but ultimately building up the body of Christ, whether it is New City Church in Edgerton, Kansas, or wherever God takes us. So I want to kind of share with you guys a little bit of that data that I sent out. I sent out that five-fold ministry test to a lot of you. If you didn't get the email, please put on a Connect card. Uh, if you got a Connect card, put it uh, kind, of, kind of, it's right in the front. Somebody hold up a Connect card. You'll know what it is. Put your email on a connect card. I definitely want to send you this test. So you take it, takes about 10 minutes, but we'd love to get as much data as we possibly can. But interestingly enough, this primary APEST that we have, this test that we have, we have about 40% of us as your primary gifting is teacher. That's a lot of teachers in here, man. That's pretty wild. I mean, I got it. I was like, wow, that's kind of kind of neat. Then I had somebody explain to me why. Uh, here in a bit, I'll explain that here in just a little bit. But about 13% of us are apostles, 13% of us are prophets, 17% evangelists, and uh, what is it, 17% shepherd? It'd be hard to read it from the from out there, but yeah, you can kind of get that get that. Um, and if you want any of this, by the way, just put on your connect card that you want to see some of these graphs and stuff. We can send that to you as well. As your secondary, so we have people that are, this is their primary for their, their second. Some of them were really close. So it was kind of, some of them were even tied. For your secondary, you had 27% teachers, 17% apostles, 13% prophets, 20% evangelists, and 23% shepherds. So what I did on this next one is combined, if you will, I averaged these out. And it came out 33% teachers. So one out of three of you have a gifting to be a teacher. That's amazing. 15% are apostles, 14% are prophets, 18% are evangelists, and 20% are shepherds. And, I, you know, I was like, wow, man, we've got a whole bunch of teachers in the house. And, and somebody explained to me, God, well, here's the deal. You know, teachers love surveys, numbers, that kind of thing. So when they got the email, they're like, "Woo! all right, fill it right out, right? Apostles, we only got 15% back, but apostles, man, they're so busy, they didn't even get the email. They didn't even look at it. Yeah, I got one, but I didn't see it, right? The prophets are still praying about answering the email. The evangelists are out knocking on doors. They ain't got time to answer the email. And the shepherds are out in the hospitals visiting patients, right? They can't answer it yet either. But if you do want to answer it, no matter what your gifting is or what your leaning is, 
Check out fivefoldsurvey.com and send that back to me, Casey at NewCityChurch.com. I would love to get a snapshot of who we are as a church, what our giftings are as a church. Verse 13, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, a mature person attaining to the measure of Christ. What kind of stature? Full stature, right? The only person who was perfect in all these was Jesus and is Jesus. So you can see these in his, in his walk. You can see him being a teacher. Obviously, you can see him going out and going, going and taking these people, right? And, and going into these towns. You, obviously, he's a prophet. Obviously, people came to know, the, know him as, his, as a result of his ministry. And he was obviously called the good shepherd. So he's perfect in all these things. And one of the things I want to encourage us, no matter what our gifting is, is that we don't take our identity, if we're a teacher, our identity is a teacher. That's who I am. I'm a, so our identity is in God. And as a teacher, we get to help other people learn what it means to be a better teacher. If it's an apostle, we help other people be more apostolic. More people, if we're a prophet, more people can be prophetic as a result of us being involved in the church. You catch what I'm saying? If we're evangelists, we teach people what it means to be more evangelistic. All these things can be helped to help others become more and more like Jesus. And that's what it's all about. So, verse 14, we are no longer to be children. Tossed back and forth by waves. And carried, up, carried about by every wind of teaching by the trickery of people. Who craftily carry out their deceitful schemes. But practicing the truth in love. We've talked about love quite a bit in the last couple of weeks, ain't we? We will in all things grow up into Christ, who is the what? The head. From him, the whole body grows, fitted together, and at, through every supporting ligament, as each one does its part, the body grows in love. So being able to grow together with different gifts, without division, without quarreling, without uh, you know, the, the, the backlash and the splitting and all the things that plague churches that we're all got church hurts on and things like that. The being able to do that and grow together with different gifts is evidence of our love for God and our love for each other. Can I get a big old fat new city amen on that? Amen. Verse 17, so I say this and insist. This ain't no game, y'all. <laughs> and insist in the Lord. That you no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. I want you to circle the word Gentile in your uh, bulletin, in your Bible. Uh, no longer live as the Gentiles. A lot of people interpret this as the, uh, this is the non-Jewish people. In this context, in the word that was originally used, the Greek word was a word called ethnos. The word was also used, uh, this word ethnos was also used in the Great Commission when Jesus said to go Make disciples of all nations. And that word all nations is the same word ethnos. So he's saying don't live like the world does. Don't live like all nations do. Don't live like the ethnos does in the futility of their thinking. And I read that verse and I'm thinking, well, what? How does the world think? You know, because you know, we, we hear that the world's all jacked up and stuff like that. And you know, we don't want to be worldly. And we, we know we need to live in the world, not of the world. And we get all that kind of stuff, but what does the world actually think? So, in my, you guys know I'm weird, right? You know I'm a weirdo, right? Quit, quit shaking your head. Unity, love. What? No, you're good. Thank you, Pete. All right. My evangelist told me. My prophet, what, prophet, right? Prophet, what, prophet, shepherd, right? Shepherd, prophet, shepherd, prophet. 
And by the way, Pete Shepherd Prophet, I'm teacher evangelist. Audra is evangelist shepherd. Uh, Zach is apostle. I mean, we are balanced in our leadership. It's crazy. Richard's prophet. I mean, we're, we're balanced in our leadership. It's kind of wild. And we all get along. It's amazing. So it's kind of cool. Give each other a hard time, just like brothers and sisters are supposed to. But the world thinks in differently, different ways than God thinks. Right? Scripture says God's ways are not man's ways. Man's ways are not God's ways. So because I'm weird, I looked, decided to look up the most popular self-help books, which I think is a jacked-up category of books anyway, right? I know myself. I ain't interested in helping myself. I mean, I know how messed up I am. I know how naturally sinful I am. I know my natural thoughts. I'm thinking, if I got to help myself, I am messed up. If I don't rely totally and completely on God and His power for my life, I am screwed. All right? But listen to the greatest, the, here's like the bestseller books, titles of books that I saw. Listen to this. You have the power for incredible success, manifi- manifesting success. Not all these books are necessarily evil. I'm just saying, this is what sells. The compound effect. Jumpstart your income, your life, your success. You start seeing a pattern here real quick. The Motivation Manifesto. Nine declarations to claim your personal power codependent no more how to stop controlling others and start caring for yourself boost your self-esteem love that one nice is just a place in france how to win at basically everything uh i don't know if i can say this in church you are a bad uh how to start and i don't mind saying i just don't want the emails um how to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life the success principles how to get from where you are to where you want to be achieve anything in just one year be inspired daily to live your dreams and accomplish your goals notice none of these have anything about god's desire for your life and how to achieve them isn't that amazing and this is what sells that's how the world thinks i would love to see man i'm like i would love to see titles of books saying something like you can't do it Whew, bestseller, hot off the press, right? You can't do it. You ain't good enough. You aren't strong enough. How to realize the dream that isn't yours. You don't have the power. I think one of my favorites here, how to lower your self-esteem, right? Subtitle, how to put God's esteem on your life. 12 ways to stop caring about yourself. Top principles of how to lose. I'm not getting good response yet. I don't like those titles, man. Nine strategies to being submissive. And finally, 15 ways to be a small part of a big plan. Those don't sell, do they? They sound funny. They sound weird. In fact, even listening to, the, to those title books, they're like, that's just a bad title of a book. The marketing people would never let that even fly. And you're absolutely right because it wouldn't sell. It's absolutely right. For, for us to put ourselves ahead or for, below everybody else, to, as Philippians says, to consider others as better than ourselves, it does not come naturally. Right? That's why it's a command. By the way, every command in Scripture is a command because it doesn't come naturally. If 
God would never command something that came naturally to us. He, that's why he tells us to love and have no fear and to consider others as better than ourselves and love our neighbor as ourselves and love God with everything we have because these are commands that don't come naturally. The world thinks differently than God thinks. Verse 18, they are darkened in their understanding, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. Because they are callous, they have given themselves over to indecency for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But, everybody say but. But, you did not learn about Christ like this if indeed you heard about him and were taught in him just as the truth is in Jesus. You were taught with reference to your former way of life to lay aside the old man who is being corrupted in accordance with with deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? If you're uh, much of a reader of Scripture, being renewed in the spirit of your mind, uh, and to put on the new man who has been created in God's image, in righteousness and holiness that comes from, from truth. Guys, this is amazing stuff, man. All of a sudden, we're in God's image, and we see things the way God sees them if we're in Him. And he's in us. And if his Holy Spirit, if we're walking with him, and the Holy Spirit is in us, and we're in him. It's amazing to see, man. All of a sudden, we think the way the world, we think differently. Rather than saying, man, I, I, I want to look out for number one, and I want to put my own interests ahead, and I want my talents to be shining. Well, I say, Father, if you will let me clean toilets and shine shoes for a while, I'll do it. It's amazing. The world looks at us like we're crazy. We're not wonderful, but it's worth it. Guys, we win. There's going to be a victory that we, don't have to, that, we, that we cannot fathom. There's going to be a heaven that we cannot explain. It is worth it. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore I exhort you, and this is after talking in great deal for, in, in, in the first 11 chapters of Romans, talking in great deal about there are no divisions, there are uh, Jews and Greeks, so just, God's just judicial administration is available to everybody. He says, I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, plural, as a sacrifice, singular, collectively, as a, as, a, as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've got to think differently, don't we? We've got to think like God, so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is the good and pleasing, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. Back to Ephesians, verse 25. Therefore, Having laid aside all falsehood, each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Interesting that he puts us in here with all that. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. I've ne- you know, it's it, it, remarkable. So many times people say, I'm not supposed to be angry. We're not supposed to be unrighteously angry. There are things that are going to anger us. This stu- the stuff going on in the world is, is jacked up, man. We know ISIS and stuff like that. We're not supposed to be calm about it. Like, yeah, whatever. It's cool. I'm, I'm in Jesus. I'm calm. No, seriously, man, there's some things that, that are going to make us angry. Guys, it, it, you know, it doesn't take long for us to look around and understand that the, that the world doesn't think like God does, and sometimes we do get angry about that. But he says, be angry and do not, what? Sin. 
Do not let the sun go down on the cause of your anger. Do not give the devil of an opportunity. The one who steals must steal no longer. Notice he didn't say, hey, those who steal must find the reasons why you steal. He says, steal, quit it. Don't do that. In fact, he's not even saying this is a, as a thing of do's and don'ts. This is a, he's, he's saying the, there should be no, this shouldn't even be a, a, a reflection of who we are if we're thinking like God. The one who steals must steal no longer. Rather, he must labor doing good with his own hands so that he may have something to share with the one who has need. You must let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only what is beneficial for the building up of the one in need, that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We're going to finish up with these last few verses. I want to give you a challenge here because here's what he says. He said, you must. He didn't say, I suggest. He didn't say, I, I think you ought to. It's probably a good idea. He says, you must put away all bitterness, anger, wrath, quarreling and slanderous talk indeed all malice instead be kind to one another compassionate forgiving one another just as God in Christ also forgave you man this is incredible that we have all these different talents different giftings different abilities you say I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm an a past this and I'm a, I'm a I'm an apostle this I'm a teacher here I'm an evangelist here I'm a shepherd here you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, 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 whatever I am, man, that's, that's who I am. But, but man, it's all about having this unity. And in our anger about the things that of the world, not sinning. Not because we think, oh, it's, it's, the Bible says not to sin. The Bible says not to steal, right? It's what he said, don't steal, right? It's not that we don't steal because the Bible says to. Guys, I don't want to hear anybody ever, 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 ever again. Say, I don't do something because the Bible says not to do it, or I do something because the Bible says to do it. Never, ever say that again. Here's what I want you to be thinking about. Even in your gifting, your strong gifting that God has gifted you, your identity is in Christ. Amen? It is not in being a teacher or an evangelist or a pastor or a shepherd or a, a, an apostle. It's not about that. Man, it truly is about being one mind, one spirit, one baptism, one God, one Lord in step with him. His Holy Spirit in his, uh, is in us and we are in him. You move, I move just like that as the old school rap song says. Amazing. Amazing. Never say well, the Bible says I'm not supposed to commit adultery. The Bible says don't commit adultery. But that's not why we don't say it. We don't do that because God is faithful. We don't steal. Not because the Bible says don't steal. But we don't steal because God is our provider. We don't lie. Not because the Bible says don't tell a lie. We don't lie because God is truth. And that's who our identity is in. Catch what I'm saying on this? It is important for us to understand no matter what God has done for us, we are to submit ultimately to him and follow him and learn from him and be in step with him. And where he moves, we moves just like that. And all God's people said, amen. Father, we just thank you.
Thank you, Lord, for your gifts. Thank you, Lord, for all the things you've given us. And thank you, Lord, for what you are about to do in our town, in our city. Father, it is uh, an amazing thing that you have done already. I mean, we, it's overwhelming the, the favor that you've given us in our, in our area, Lord, but um, the, the glory and the honor belongs to you. Man, may you give us and show us the talents that you've given us in ways, Lord, that we can just serve you and submit to you and submit to one another in love and just, just move this thing on move this gospel train, man, whatever you want to call it, the, the, this, this vehicle that you've given us as a, as a church, local church body, man, Lord, may it just spread your message, your words, your peace, your love. May it just spread. May this rural town of Edgerton in a metropolitan city in the center of the most influential country in the history of the world be your showcase. May it be your prize. May it be, may we make you proud. Not by our abilities, but only what you do for us. It's in your son's precious, holy, victorious, awesome, beautiful, incredible name. We all say, amen.